Well, it is a new year. Welcome back, you guys, to the Rolling in the Deep podcast. I am Adele, owner of Babies on Broadway, and I have here with me my main gal, Summer. And we're in a little different setting tonight if you guys have tuned into YouTube, which you know what? At this point, maybe you are now, but you probably haven't because I never even put these up on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube <laughs> channel is in is in the works, but you, you might it see is. the little clips, right? Mm-hmm. So we're in the dad lounge today, or the parent lounge, actually, I like to call this, where I created a space in Babies on Broadway where I thought people could come like talk about their products and enjoy some bougie coffee and some complimentary, like non-alcoholic fun beverages. I am currently drinking a Hayo, it's called. Um, it has nootropics in it and adaptogens. I know, it's been Mushrooms. a long day. <laughs> it's been a long day here, but... But just yeah, welcome back in starting off 2024. Talk a little bit about why we're here. What okay. is going on next door? Let's give a shout out to Oh yeah, Mother Nurture. Yeah. So we have started a couple local mom support groups, and one of them is Mother Nurture. We're really excited to have her in our event space. So we are we're doing our podcast over here today. And so you should check out our social media, her social media, and get joined and connected with mom. She's a great resource for expecting parents and parents already and she is a dietitian along with a ton of other credentials that I don't want to screw up so check out her page so I don't misspeak check her that. out she does two groups on Tuesdays divided by ages so depending on the age of your child is the group you should attend yeah so yeah great resource just trying to bring moms together in the new year and today our topic is kind of a follow-up from our last podcast where we had a guest on. So we had an attorney join us and they kind of talked about navigating the waters of a pending or upcoming divorce. Today we're going to touch on a little bit of co-parenting, a divorce situation. We know that there's a lot of parents out there who are navigating these waters. Summer and I are both in that boat and we just figured we'd talk a little bit about some of the things that work for us you know they might not work for everybody divorce is messy I don't think any of us go into the intention with like we're going to start our family and this is where you see your life going so there's that period of time where I think you're navigating the waters of what that looks like and I think each of us has done a really great job on certain things that we figured we could share and maybe be helpful out there to other parents who are who are going through the same thing. And I want to like also state that some of this comes like after the cool down period. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't think it's all like roses and sunshine for most right afterwards. So I want to also say that like sharing some of these things, it's not that there wasn't period of times where things were like real tumultuous Mm -hmm. and like almost unnavigatable but as time goes on and things grow and things change there's been some things that I think we've each found that have worked well for us so I'm going to give you background on a little bit of like where I am in life so my kids are currently Remy is 16 I know it breaks my heart and people keep telling me I don't look old enough to have a 16 year old so thank you guys for that although these bags under my eyes are clearly stating differently I might need to go visit those girls at Elite Vitality this one wrinkle is getting real it's real prevalent I can't even see it oh it's a baddie I'm not sure what I'll really do with that I'll I'll embrace it but anyway so 16 for Remington and my youngest is 11 my ex-husband Eric is his name we have been divorced since Flynn was we separated at Flynn was really young so like I would say around 18 months old is when we separated our divorce took a while to finalize and I would say that the boys were probably 
I'm going to go almost like Flynn was maybe like three, Rem would have been almost eight kind of when we started maybe navigating co-parenting a little bit. So that's kind of where we're at in our stage. Life has fluctuated a lot with my current ex-husband and our situation. So here are some of the things that I think have worked for us over the years. So one of the things that I wanted to touch on or that I feel like I do a really good job on, I'm going to give myself props for this because I think it sometimes takes a lot of grace and a lot of taking the higher road because it's really easy. And I see this a lot like from the outside watching certain people. And I don't want to put this in the wrong terms, but almost like holding your kids hostage a little bit or using them has potential like you know, ammunition to kind of hurt the spouse. One thing that I think that I've always really focused on is making sure that those who were in my kiddo's life remain in my kid's life. I make a really conscious effort, probably go above and beyond making sure that as holidays come up, events come up, things like that, that we're reaching out and making sure that grandparents are, you know, still involved. And even if that doesn't involve my ex-husband, like even if it's just going straight to the other side and being like, hey, I know you have this coming up. Like, how can I get my kids to you? How can they be involved in your life still? Because I think that's important to maintain those relationships, even if I'm not specifically maintaining a relationship at the current time with the boys' dad. So I think that's something that, you know, we really try to pride ourselves on a little bit. When it comes to that, I think that that's something that's been important to me because I always wanted to make sure that my kids and that other side of the family still had the opportunity to still love on my children. Mm -hmm. They didn't ask for that divorce anymore that my kids asked for it. And I never, I always wanted to make sure that, you know, I mean, I even gave up my holidays. Like there's Christmas is a day that I'm generally off. Thanksgiving is a day I'm off. And I know those are the days that, you know, his family celebrates. So we would let them go over there and maybe I'm by myself. I get them every other day of the year. So no big deal. So that's one thing I think for us on our side that has kind of worked is just like sharing the love, making sure everybody maintains the relationship. And sometimes that takes effort on my part. It's me doing the forework on it. It's not necessarily my ex-husband making those connections, but it's me maintaining them and making sure that my kids do. And you know what? They're really great about telling me how much they appreciate that. And that's, it's good to hear too. That is, that always feels real good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you got on your side a little bit? What do I got? So I would say that, you know, I think in that initial podcast where we started navigating this with Alex we chatted a little bit about just I I would say that I probably have a bit more of what you'd consider you know like a traditional divorce per se in that we share custody 50 50 and have from the get-go and as Adele mentioned at the start and I think it's a really important mention because what I am going to share about what we do good now definitely took time to do good now Mm -hmm. there were many years prior to where we're at now that were real real wish-washy and we weren't doing a lot of things that great because we just didn't know and we had to heal and kind of find ourselves in the place we're at now so what I would say from that perspective of you know a real a strictly like 50 50 custody and we have four kids and they age Mm -hmm. range from 18 to nine and I'm going to fact check that because it has bothered my brain for a couple probably almost two months now I've when we started this podcast I gave the wrong ages of my kids I actually said Blake was 10 my baby is not 10 he is nine he will not be 10 (laughs) till June of this year (laughs) so he was very little when Matt and I first separated so my baby would have been like a baby 
when we separated. Mm -hmm. And then my oldest at the time would have been in that like fifth, sixth grade. Mm -hmm. So he is now about to leave for the Air Force in a couple of weeks, which I've decided that's going to be a podcast topic too, <sighs> is navigating, sending off your babies. Yeah. I'm not even ready for that podcast. I don't want to think about that podcast. I know it. I've been watching from afar and I'm like, let's not talk about it. <laughs> That's how I feel too. And <laughs> I'm not very coming. far. It's coming yeah, out. So they definitely, our ebbs and flows have been big over this past time. And our divorce was not final for many years after we separated. So, you know, it was one of those where we were separated and we were doing multiple schedule arrangements. So sometimes we even did like a 352 before, <laughs> which because Blake was so little, it only made sense. There was, mm. you know, he just couldn't go that many days without some mom time or dad, period. So once we kind of got through and found some balance for both of us, what I say we're doing really awesome with now truly is running our schedule mm-hmm. and making sure the kids know that, like, even if it is a mom or, you know, if it's a mom week or a dad week, they absolutely have full access to us. They have full access to whatever it is they need as well, which was really kind of a ridiculous thing that we power struggled over initially was just stupid stuff like clothes and books. Mm -hmm. And if they need it, they should have it, whatever house they're at, Mm -hmm. you know, bottom line. Do you do two sets or do you like, do you share back and forth? Like, is there a lot of packing that goes on or is there just like certain items? I do feel like you guys have a real well-run ship. I always watch this from afar. I'm like, ooh, I could not do that. You know, we did some sets before, like in our younger years, and that worked okay, but it gets kind of pricey. Right. So for the the sake of saving some money, we just got to that point where let's just, we'll just share it. So if it didn't come home, if you got to have those pants and they're, they're at dad's, we'll go grab them. And it becomes a lot easier once somebody can drive. Yeah. Too. One of the kids, become, when the kids become drivers, then they just go stop in at dad's, you know, like, or moms. It just, that makes it so much easier. But we definitely have, we have totally put that, even electron, you know, like we, we really power struggled for, for a long time on just sharing things and then got to that point where like, this is ridiculous. We're being mm-hmm. stupid get over ourselves, blah, blah, blah. So what we run now and have for many years, like the better part of five years, is just a straight 7-7. So the kids, Fridays is their switch day. They know it. Their teachers know it. Everybody knows it. And that's when they shift buses and wherever and do mom and dad's. And that has truly, it has worked real well Mm -hmm. for us. So that we get, you know, our own routine and schedule for that week with that parent and then they just get it by parents house right and I feel like they've definitely they're doing good and that's really what my barometer is is okay how are the kids doing everybody's yeah sane and seeming like they're getting enough time with everybody exactly yeah you know and I do think you guys do a really good job of that like sometimes I think I may be blessed not to have a schedule because I don't know how I would no doubt I mean sometimes I am I'm envious I see that like you never not have them yeah. and that can go both it ways as both we've ways. talked about before <laughs> um, because you know yeah. there's all there's also the part of your brain that says to you like you didn't have kids to only have them half the right. time right and that took me a long time to really and I'm not probably even totally settled with it yet but 
to be mm-hmm. settled in with it. And I think, again, where we have come as co-parents so far has helped with being okay with, okay, we are sharing time, but we also are still so involved on what would be like you're not, not your custodial week that it just feels, it feels okay. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely kind of tough to balance that there was a period of time where I wouldn't say I was like sharing custody but that we'd have more weekends like every other weekend kind of situation going on where the boys would sometimes go spend time with my now ex-husband and like a relative of his and Mm -hmm. it was a little quirky to get you know used to but then that kind of shifted and changed too so for us our routine involves you know a lot of us Right. I guess, <laughs> you know, and then I have the added element of I'm remarried. So you've, you watch the podcast, we have Drew, we have a stepdad. And then that begins this whole new co-parenting process because now you have, oh, you know, a new co-parent involved in this as well. And like they have their opinions and decisions and that comes into parenting life. And then in Eric's situation, he just recently had another baby, which is real fun. Like now my boys have a sibling. I couldn't give them a sibling. So this is a new exciting adventure for us. And again, like maybe my boys aren't necessarily as connected with their dad, but I always try to make sure that the mom of the baby knows that this is their brother for life, your family now. And we really try to make sure that the boys are available for whatever this, this little guy needs. You know, it was great. We went and, you know, met him in the hospital and she is amazing enough to let me be a part of that by her own choice. Again, I was very much like, Hey, I, I don't want to come barging in on a new hormonal mom, but I will make sure my boys are there and I do not have to be like involved in this, but she was nice enough to, I mean, gotten we all know I love babies so it was was, how you gonna turn the Minnesota baby lady away and you know like you look like my baby (laughs) so I was right he looks like Flynn he's super cute it's real fun real real fun so that's kind of a new a new endeavor for us too and then like adding in in our case like we've got Drew has a step parent and that's its whole other like set of you know and I I can't even speak to what we do well on that because I think we're still navigating right because you've navigated just like some dating partners per se with you know with Eric yeah but the full-time commitment of like a a marriage partner like you have with Drew in co-parenting that that's so different than even like some of the dating experiences Yeah. yeah and you know I kind of like consider myself maybe a little blessed on that because I've tried to put myself in those shoes like what if my boys call someone else mom (laughs) like that's where my brain goes like that's what my first instinct and I know that like obviously if they got to the point to love someone to that point I know that I would accept that and be fine with it but whoa my brain can't even wrap around it so that's really hard to even think about but yes Eric had a long-term girlfriend that he lived with for many years I think about five years and so one of the topics I wanted to cover that worked well for us with them was we would do those suppers once in a while like in the beginning that started off real well and so this was a way where we would have Eric and Christina and her daughter which actually her name was also Remy (laughs) so we had big Remington and little Remington big Remy little Remy still to this day we call her little Remy yes we do she's still involved in our lives like they have separated but we have kept that connection she was a baby you know which is so fun and it just speaks to volumes to like just naturally who you are as a human yeah 
You know what I mean? I mean, no. little Remy goes to Adele's dad's every morning before school. Yeah, she does. I mean, she's just part of the family and at this point. She is. <laughs> yeah. We cook for yeah. I mean, she's cook just, eggs. She's part of the she family. She gets a ride to school with grandpa. He buys donuts. Like, it's just a thing that we have. So it's might be great. a little weird and quirky, but we enjoy it. But one of the ways to kind of ease the boys into that, and it also, I think, helped ease Eric into meeting Drew a little bit was that we would just have them over and have dinner with everybody and again like Remy little Remy was like a baby baby so she's she's grown a lot over these years now because she's is she a year younger than Blake I think mm-hmm. she's like seven she or eight is. yeah so she must be a third grader yeah yep Play. yep I believe so so um, it's been I mean a while yeah they were together a while and so that was really helpful like we would just sit down and have dinner together It wasn't anything too crazy, but it allowed everybody to just spend some time together and get to know each other and the boys to get to know little Remy, Christina to get to know the boys, Mm -hmm. to make it more comfortable if we were going to have those moments where they were just over there. And I feel like it would open that opportunity for the grownups to build trust with each other because you often, you know, I obsessively read like every book about divorce and co-parenting and blah 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 and one thing that you often hear that is a struggle is when your co-parent is dating people and you you know all of a sudden you have no say Mm -hmm. but your kids are exposed to them and there's safety things that come up and just that natural fear of are they what are they going to call them are they going to call them mom or you know what are these things what's all going to happen where a Mm -hmm. dinner like that would just build leaps and bounds at building trust and rapport with like okay I like know this lady a little bit Mm -hmm. I know where she works I know what she likes to eat you know like just these little basics that humanize them yeah like you're literally just a human yeah because I think sometimes what happens so intimidating and I think our third and final little like you know, wrap up point of things. And this is going to be a real obvious one, but way harder, like easier said than done. Um, But one of the things I think you constantly wonder about, like in a co-parenting situation, you know, is what's the narrative that the other person may have heard about you? We all know that like we've gone through this tumultuous time, like there was a divorce. It obviously wasn't pretty. You didn't go into (laughs) that thinking that that was what was going to happen. And I think everybody takes something different away from it. You know, my version of how my divorce went down probably sounds very different of what Eric's would sound like, you know. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes what you go into is like, well, what's the narrative that this poor lady it's such a good point. That he's dating yes. might think of me. Right. So for me, I kind of found that it was maybe that I was a little, like they'd come off like I was intimidating mm-hmm. and maybe not very friendly. Right. So humanizing that a little bit, and and especially with his first relationship with little Ram, I would say that her mom kind of had a little bit of fear and anxiety just in general. Mm-hmm. And so I think she felt like, well, who is this person? Is she going to be nice to me? Is she going to be welcoming of me? And just so that like helped ease that tension of like, hey, like it or not, you're going to be in my children's life because I can't control who my now not partner Dates, is right. dating. So like, no matter how I feel about this, we got to get to know each other and, and find out the things we like about each other. Maybe there's things we dislike, but we got to find a common ground. Yes. And then they can create their own narrative because right. I think that yes. is such an important point. Yes. They are absolutely, I can't even imagine the narratives that like (laughs) potentially were created on the backside for Mm -hmm. my ex when describing me. So like, I just think the opportunity 
to at least get your own narrative. Obviously, yeah. they're going to hear their right. the ex's narrative and That's do fine. what they want with it. Yep. Because I'm sure there's some real truths in there, yeah, but like at the same time, <laughs> that's right. At the same time, having your own yeah. and being able to say, you know, yeah, that might have went real south for you guys, but she ain't that bad. Yeah. You know, like just those kind of things. Like, or, oh, she's really a human. And like, yeah. no matter how psycho crazy you describe her as, yeah. she's not that psycho crazy. Right. You and know, my just relationship, a little bit. Yeah. And my relationship with that person can be different than yours. Yes, right. absolutely. Because like whatever the, the love and the chemistry that you share between what was a husband, like that's different than like a relationship you can have with a friend, right? Yes. So I really do try to compartmentalize that in my head because like, you know, who's with my ex-husband is not my ex-husband. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that doesn't right. define who that person is. So I always feel like at least at a bare minimum, like let's give this a fair shot to like find each other's common ground and build on that. And then the final thing, and this is much easier said than done. And like, I am not going to say I'm innocent on this because I absolutely would guarantee at some point I've slipped up on this, but I really do cognizantly try to watch my wording around my children. And it's kind of for the same reason that I feel like I should be given an opportunity to own my own narrative with maybe someone who is with my now ex-partner is that I feel like my my kids should have the opportunity to have their own narrative of who their dad is. And so I do do my best that, you know, the adult business is not their business. And I really hope that I keep that out of their earshot and try my best to really allow them to build their own relationship, their own opinion, their own life guides for who and how their relationship is with their dad. I don't want that to be tainted by what my feelings were because again, my feelings about my marriage are very different than the feelings that the boys probably have about their dad and their parental relationship. And it shouldn't be, you know, marred by things that are adult problems, like, you know, talking about things that just aren't relevant to them at all. Exactly. Um, and so I do try to be really cognizant of that. I've always had a great respect for Drew. Like he really does, you know, try to, he definitely came into it with the most utmost respect of like, I'm not here to replace their dad. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help with this situation. Um, however, that's grown and turned over time. You know, it, it's different than it was when it started. But definitely, we are both on the same page about it doesn't matter, like, what our opinions are. We want the boys to form their own. Yeah. Which is tough sometimes because sometimes you're watching them hurt or go through things and you just, like, want to spill it. You know, you're like, yeah, that asshole, you know, Mm -hmm. like here's this (laughs) explicit language we have to have on my, my podcast disclaimer. So I'm sorry about that podcast land, but you know, I mean, it's hard not to want to sometimes resonate with those feelings in the moment, especially if you're seeing a hurt kid where I really try to back that off and be like, okay, like I'm not going to play devil's advocate though either. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it either. I try to just listen and like take it in. And if they need something or they need a piece of like, this is how we can move forward. I'll try to, you know, give that up. But we really try to stay cognizant of not speaking ill of the the ex-partner. And and again, I think we could all preach that to the choir. It's much easier said than done, but it's harmful. It is. But just making sure little ears. Oh, they can hear everything. They, I know it. Like you're on the phone and you don't think they're listening oh, to you. They're listening right. to you. They absolutely they're three are. rooms away. They hear you. 
But like when you need something from them, they don't hear you at all. It's crazy. They're completely how deaf. Convenient that is. Yeah. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's always one thing too. It's like them little ears are always around the corner, just trying to kind of to listen into things. Yes, especially when they know, you know, there could be some dynamic <laughs> that they want right. to hear about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that and that's a tough one. I just think that it's it is. it's easy. We naturally, as humans, complain. Like we, we voice our opinions, that's part of life, but doing so like on private time, especially when it involves the other parent, I just, for me personally, I really want my kids to form their own opinion. You know, I don't want to be the reason that they think anything. Right. You know, absolutely. I mean, cause genetically they're half of that human. Mm -hmm. So they take it personal, you know, and I think that's important for people to remember is that, yeah, I mean... Right. Even in the darkest days, mm-hmm. it's really important that. Well, yeah. And like one thing I found too, like, so with my older son, you know, he's 16 and th- there's, we're at a point where like his opinions are fairly formed and we've gotten there how we've gotten there and it is what it is. And someone's out there listening to this podcast that, you know, might be a family member, or, you know, whatever of my ex-husband, this is not to speak ill of him. Remington is very, very clear with his feelings he's a very much an adult and a tiny not even a tiny body anymore Christ he's like almost he's a man child but you know sometimes with him he looks to me for resonating with him which can be hard and we just recently had a situation and I'm proud of him for how he handled it although like it was really uncomfortable and there were moments where I was rightfully so upset about what was like going on with the situation and it's and it's something really trivial so I'm just going to say that too like it's kind of dumb a lot of people had thoughts about it though in your family really they did so we'll wrap this up because it's probably going to be a long podcast but sort of an interesting story so last year my son Remington played varsity hockey as a freshman like if you're a Minnesotan like this is a big deal right like (laughs) Remy played varsity as a freshman like really proud of him he works hard he loves the sport and one of the things that they do is parents night and like I am green to this like varsity hockey mom thing like I don't even know what this is in fact I don't even know if I knew it was parents night when I showed up I don't think I did I think it was like, Last hey, year? you got to Yeah. yeah think, like you got to get over here and yeah. get a jersey and like you're getting out on the ice. And I was like, yeah. what? What is going on? But here is something crazy. Like Remy obviously knew and didn't really share it with me. So he was kind of like keeping it into a point. But one thing he does know. So like for all the things that like maybe we don't attend or don't do. One thing is like my ex-husband shows up to every hockey game every home hockey game okay and it's like I know it like in his mind he's proud of those boys and you know he played hockey and like they get their athletic ability from him like not from me I can't even walk without falling down so I'm sure it is fun to watch those boys out there ripping Mm -hmm. up the ice for whatever reason Remington's opinion of this has just been kind of like this is what you show up to and I don't in a kind of a sour way yeah like see a lot of you otherwise like you're just kind of reigning in my glory and and it feels funny maybe I don't yeah. know I don't know yeah. how else to describe it really but long story short I go out for parents night and you're in this line and like you, the skater comes up and they give you a flower and you take a picture and you just go on with it right and I'm listening to all these parents and their names get called it goes by number so Remy's 34 so we're <laughs> like the last like so you know I'm just kind of listening to this all and we get out there and it's our turn and 
well, first of all, he cuts his name to Remy, which I absolutely hate. Like, it's Remington, and when he was on the ice, I always used to tell him, like, imagine when you're bigger and we can yell, Remington Chisholm. It's three syllables, and it's nice. And he just cuts off the inkton, and it's like Remy. So that's how they say it, Remy Chisholm. So they say, like, Remy Chisholm, and they just say, son of Adele. And there was no mention to me, and I knew immediately, like, that was not great. Because <laughs> definitely dad's in the stands. Right. And I didn't know they weren't going to, like, say his name. Like, nothing at all. It was just son of Adele. And, I mean, I actually hit him, I think, on the ice. And was like, Remy! And he's like, what? You know, and then I, I figured I out. I think he did control that. He totally did. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I told him not to say it. And I was like, oh, boy, um, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Like, it's going to be yeah, my fault. Right. You know what I mean? This is a grown-up. Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> grown-up disaster. Yep. Yep. Luckily, it went, like, meh, as, like, okay as it could. Like, obviously, there was upsetness. Yeah. But it was actually received. Like, I had nothing to do with this. Like, I knew nothing about it. Like, literally blindsided on the ice, just like you were. And Eric's like, I should just leave this game right now. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, if that's how you really feel, because you didn't get out on the ice, like, to leave the game, I mean, that's just childish right yeah so we kind of left it at that well then before this year started the team manager came to me and basically said hey I just want to let you know since I know you didn't know last year we verified parent information with all the kids and like Rem has basically said see you out on the ice I'm not doing dad and I said okay like that's his decision like Mm -hmm. he is you know dang near an adult yep yeah and that if that's I think brave of him to make a statement like that that's how I felt about it like really if that is how you feel and you went out of your way to say that like I will 100% stand by you and respect your decision well then parents night got closer and the feelings started coming out and it was very much text messages to him and you know just saying like he'd really like to be a part of parents night once out on the ice and it, it just got to the point where it was so much pressure and I felt I had really mixed feelings about it because it's like his moment you know like it really it shouldn't have to do with anybody else and then he was put in this position of like having to make a decision where he already made his damn decision he yeah. he said what he wanted to say but now was asking for it to be reversed because maybe it was like embarrassing to other people but like that was his choice to make it so that it it was hard for me to stand by and watch what was happening because like I felt sad for him you know and then he was kind of like ignoring the like what to do about it I mean it got to like a, literally the night before parents night and I was yeah. like Remington you have to make a call one way or another. A little bit. And like, right. I got your back either way. You just tell me what it is so that yeah. we know so that this is not like some big ordeal at your game. Like, look, right. we're leaving on a vacation right afterwards. We don't want this stress. Like, you don't want this stress. Make a call. If it's that he's not on the ice, I will 100% stand by you. Take the brunt for it, whatever you need me to do. You're going to let him on the ice, let him on the ice. Like, we need to know. Right. <laughs> so he says to me, basically, that... He was kind of sick of the guilt and that he was just going to let his dad come out on the ice and let him have his 15 seconds if that's what he needed, basically, is how he worded it to me. And it was handled fine. Yep. You know, we let the team manager know, like, hey, you know, make sure you add dad's name back to the roster here. Let him come out, take his picture or whatever, and went through the motions of it. But it was just kind of one of those moments where at least I felt like he got to, like, he controlled the situation as much Mm -hmm. as he could. 
I think that, you know, the outside influences like that was really hard to watch for me from the side because part of me just wanted to scream like, man, like imagine the courage it must have taken him to say it in the first place to like go to the team manager and be like, no, this is my stance. And then like be backed into a corner to like undo that based on other people's like perceptions. You know what I mean? Like he wanted to make a statement he didn't get to make. Yeah. But I think then he also looked at it as like. Maybe it's not worth making. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is just too much. And like, yeah. we all know our own truths to the situation, you know? And if that That's really makes you feel good yeah. for that little bit, so be it. And at least like, I felt like it was handled well. Yeah. There's a lot of parent drama that night. So I felt like <laughs> we actually did real good. <laughs> I was going to throw that out there. It was real tumultuous. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so that is something I just think like, if you're in a, a situation and even if it is, hard because it always is hard it is it's never easy even no. if you are amicably whatever that means right those people who amicably divorce you know it's still probably hard not to mention the faults of the other parent if you can rein it in Very and much. I think later when you look at it you kind of get to feel good about it you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I didn't do that yes you know yes. like you might have said a million things about me that yes. I've heard come back to me but I can like at least stand here and say like I didn't say you know I didn't, it didn't say waste that. my energy nope. on that so yep. only good vibes so those are our three takeaways I think unless you have anything to add that you think you rock star at I don't think so yeah mm-hmm. I know it's just not an easy subject no but for those of you going through it I definitely recommend like get yourself a good attorney get yourself a good support group and some good friends yep and keep your head high Cause you know what? It's, it works itself out. Single parenting. Actually, it was some of the best times in my life, man. Yes. (laughs) I really enjoyed Venus, like, like a single mom in that way of like, I really got to know myself, my kids. Like for me, it was a good time. I know that's not the case for everybody. Right. And circumstances are very different to what led you there. You know what I mean? But I do think a lot of times when it is truly meant to be a path of divorce, once you find your both the partners are stabilized again, it is a good thing. Yeah. And truly, the kids, I mean, there's many times that my older kids have noted that there's just so much less friction. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. That is what I wanted them to be out of. Right. Was the constant battles we were having. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you... their insight to know these things mm-hmm. have improved. That's, those are wins. Those are little takeaways that I love. Yeah, that's a big takeaway. I mean, if you're living in this constant like anxiety, trauma, fear of like the next fight breaking out or whatever it might be, like it's a good place to just be where you can see both parents are happy and stable and they both love you and they can communicate and like the world turns, right? Like it keeps going. Yes. And that's good. So it's a good thing. You can be in the room at the same time in the same place you can host a graduation party yeah you had a ton of bigs this we did we really did you guys did great Mm -hmm. everybody showed up it was good it was so all right you guys well that's our takeaways for today a little co-parenting navigation for you starting off the new year thank you for tuning in to rolling in the deep podcast make sure to check us out on all our social media platforms you've got instagram facebook tiktok all the things we'll see you later soon to be youtube yeah (laughs) Happy New Year. Bye-bye.